Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Uh, divine encounter is really... Um, is really having an experience with the Father. Um, we know that we can have an experience with the Father because Jesus came. And we know that because Jesus came, the veil between the separator between us and God, um, that veil was torn, and now we can come boldly to Him so we can have relationship with Him. Now, I, I know that, you know, that sounds... I don't know. I don't know. For some, that might sound simple, an oversimplification. Maybe for some, that sounds very complicated. But the realness is that God truly loves us enough that He wanted to have relationship. And relationship is not just a, oh, I know that person, but knowing Him, like having spending time with them and and uh, and getting to know the intricacies of them, right? Um, understand that that's what a relationship is and that's what we have through Christ and divine encounters are really the entry to that a reminder of that the very first divine encounter we ever had as is a believer is receiving Christ into our lives where God said uh, wooed us in a place where he says uh, I need Jesus I need something bigger or than what I've currently been experiencing I need something to change um, and God revealed himself and said here I am Will you receive me? And, uh, and we were compelled to do that. And from those moments on, our lives were changed. Amen. And now the cool thing is that now that divine encounter has invited now a constant presence of the Father. So that we can know that when he reveals himself again, we know that he's always been with us all of the time. Understand that that's what a divine encounter is for. There's, there's, and the third reason that we talked about yet last week was that the, it also, he changes our lives forevermore. He remi- reminds us that we're always with him, that he never leaves us. And thirdly, he helps embolden us so that we can also serve and share the gospel and the good news of what God's done in us to those that don't know him. A divine encounter should do these things. We should realize and understand that these are the things, the purpose behind them are that it's not just so we can feel good, though it's important. It's not just so that we can have our life changed, but of course that's necessary. It's not just so that we can feel comfort knowing God's always with us. That is necessary as well. But the, also the point is that he needs to know that we can then move and do as he's called us to move and do. That's a cool thing. God wants us, everybody take your fingers, everyone got fingers, if you don't have fingers, do thumbs, if you don't have thumbs, use your toes, I just want to see if everyone's got fingers, if not we're going to pray, okay good, point to yourself, double fingered to yourself, say God wants us to encounter him. I want us to get, I want us Maybe that's all I say all day. We just sit there and say this over and over. Maybe it gets it, we get it in our hearts, in our heads. God so desired that 
This was why Christ came. He so desired that he wanted to have fellowship with his creation that, by the way, when he created, said it was good. He's like, I think I want to hang out with them. Good. He wants to... He wants us to experience Him. Not just yesterday. Not just someday. But today. Every day. Every moment. See, God is always wooing and moving. He's always speaking. He's always moving in His ways. And He's saying, if, if you'll just listen, if you'll just desire, if you'll lean in, if you'll seek Me, I promise you'll hear Me. He's a God of today. He's a today God. I, I know that we can read scripture over and over and like, man, I can't even fathom all of those years ago. But guess what? The Bible clearly says that he is the same God that did all of that he did all through here. He's the same God today. The same power of God that did all of that is here today. This is the concept, this is the understanding of the divine encounters that we would lift the lid of of limiting the natural to understand that God is supernatural and He supernaturally can move in our lives. But we do have to say yes to Him. We have to say yes. We have to do some things on purpose. And that's going to be, that's our service today. That's what we're going to talk about today is the things that we can do on purpose. And, and, and to purposely do this. Now, I want to stop for a minute. I want to back up and I want us to read our context scripture, our scripture for the series. I've been reading from the message translation, which is kind of a, a, a commentary, if you will, of, of, a, of a translation. But it, it, it's personal enough that I think we can better understand. So Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 it says, whenever though they turn to God, turn to face God as Moses did. Now I want to stop there just to give a little bit of Bible history. God was anointed as a prophet. He was he was he was uh, called by God to help lead the Israelites. He was helped to do all of these things, and he would have regular encounters with the Father. And he would come to the Father, and when he would come to the Father, when he would have time with the Father, the, it, would, it would change his appearance. His face would shine. The, the scripture, Hebrew word, Shekinah, glory. It's, it's this glowingness. And so here, they're understanding that, that we understand that Moses, when, when Paul, the writer of this book in 2 Corinthians, is, is talking, he's, he's he is um, referring a, to this truth to a Jewish people that knew very well what Moses was about and what he stood for. And he's recognizing that they know Moses, and so they say, hey, though they turned to, as, uh, to face God as Moses did, but we know that we were so bright, his face was so bright that he, they had to cover it because it was so crazy bright. I, I can't imagine. Bright as my face ever been when I went to Florida and got burnt like a crisp. That's not the kind of kind of glory I'm talking about. But but as as he had to, to hide his face because it's so so powerful because the power of God is so strong that without holiness without righteousness without the the buffer of Christ it's too much. And so and so this power was opened up 
the, the lid of that power was opened up and given to us through Christ Jesus. And this is what Paul is reminding us of, that he loved us so much in this way. So whenever though they turned to face God as Moses did, God removed the veil and they were face to face. In other words, when we call on God, when we ask God, he's right here face to face. Now we just read, we just read, we just sang a song, Blessing and Favor and, and all of that. And I had this picture um, that I was like, oh, maybe I should share it then. And I'm like, no, I'm saving it for the sermon. But I had this picture of God kind of just like almost like this. Was, you know, I'm doing my own thing, whatever. And all of a sudden God just kind of turns and smiles. It's just to say, I accept you, I receive you, I love you. My, my wife does that, I won't tell on her, but she does that. You know, every once in a while, she'll just, she'll just kind of turn and smile, and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, what's funny is she does it even though I didn't pick up the clothes, I didn't clean up, I didn't vacuum, I didn't do all of the things that I should have done humanly. You know what, she still gives me that honor by just giving me that smile. Brings peace. And, and this is how we can, that's a very human illustration of a very godly principle. In fact, God modeled it himself when he sent Christ to do that. Because we had a lot of stuff we needed picking up. But God came anyway. And so that's what this means. And this is where we are. And it goes on to say they suddenly realize that God is a living personal presence. Not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present, a living spirit, that old and that constricting legislation is recognized as obsolete. That, that, that place where we, don't, we can't be good enough, that, that truth is removed because of the Holy Spirit, because of the righteousness of Christ. And now we say, ah, that's obsolete. Now I have life in Christ. That's good news. That's exciting news. Last week we talked about the purpose, that it's not just, this encounter is not just so we can feel warm and fuzzy, though I love it when that happens. Anyone else love it when they just feel and sense God? They're like, whoo, let's do this every moment of every day, please, Lord. I love it. And he loves that we love it, and he loves that we get to enjoy it. But it's not just that. When he plants those seeds of truth in us, he expects those seeds to grow into fruit. He expects those things to grow into good things for his kids. Can somebody say amen? amen. Woo, all right, good. It's warm in here. Today's the final installment. This week we're going to look at the things that we could or should do personally with a divine encounter. On purpose, we can be on purpose about some things. Purposely on purpose, I said. I wrote down just to infuriate our English teacher today. Purposely be purposeful in what God has for us. Listen, I know you know this. I know we all know this, but I just want us to remind ourselves, especially when we're in a time. Uh, Brian talked about we had today, you know, that he had a difficult week. Um, statistically, probably more than one of you have. 
Okay? And so we understand that, that, that there's, there's this truth. And, and it would be easy in those times to kind of sit back and say, I, uh-uh, I'm not doing anything, God. I, <laughs> uh-uh. You know what the problem is with that? Is we become what we call armchair believers. And, and what an armchair believer is, is if we, if we sit back long enough, not only do we sit back and not activate, but now we become critical of stuff, people, situations, which is a very dangerous place and is exactly where the enemy would want us to go. That's a whole other sermon that I've only just kind of opened the can of worms a little bit. We're not going to go there today. But I want you to be thinking about that because we're going to investigate that in another series, I'm sure. So we're not supposed to be armchair believers. We're not supposed to just sit back and say, okay, God bless me, though he wants to bless us. He's not, that's not the end there. There's a lot more to be enjoyed the Bible calls us to be not only hearers, but sitter-backers. Doers, right? Yes, amen. We're to be doers of His Word. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray here. Father, we thank You for Your Word, for Your truth. God, I thank You for those that are here today that they might know that You have them here for a purpose. And Father, today we decide that we're going to be on purpose to step into you, to seek you, to hear you, to listen to you today. God, I ask you that you would disconnect any of my words from my human understanding. Father, that only your words could be projected today, revealed. Father, I thank you that if I miss it, Father, I thank you that you supernaturally translate it just as they need to hear it today. Father, I include that to myself. So Father, we thank you for your presence and your glory. We thank you that you are here in this moment, in this day. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. Does this seem extra quiet in here? You know what it is? There's usually a little fan going. I think there's some background. I'm a big background noise person. I like that. In fact, we sleep with white noise. You know, we have a fan. It doesn't matter if it's negative 35 outside. We got the fan cranking because we like to have that noise. And then we, we go to a motel. Then we go to a motel and you can hear everything. And so we get out our phones, a little white noise that's not even the same, but we use it. We try anyway. So anyway, that's, that's just a free one there. I don't know. Anyway, it has nothing to do with anything we're having to talk about today. That's just random thoughts by Pastor Jason. We should, you know, write it. Anyway. <laughs> yes, I'm human. All right. Amen. Um, our final encounter story we're going to hear today, we're going to read today, um, is found in Acts chapter 9. And actually, they're in within this uh, encounter, there are a couple different encounters that we're going to kind of look at. Um, uh, but our final encounter is about Paul or Saul, as as we we should know. Now I don't know if you know this. I think there's this understanding of of um, Saul and Paul. It's the same person, by the way. 
And by the way, just so we understand, when, when, when we're going to read this, but when Paul or Saul had the, the road to Damascus encounter, which we're going to read about, um, I, I need you to know that, I don't know if you know this, but he, God didn't change his name to Paul then. Paul's name was always Saul, and Saul was always named Paul. Did you know this? I mean, it would be better in the sermon, in this case, if it would be like that, that encounter would have changed his name, but, and, and that did happen, we know that in Scripture, but not in this place. Now, I want all of you to schedule to look at that and prove me wrong. Saul is the Hebrew name, is a Hebrew name. And, and if you remember, it was a common Hebrew name because of King Saul. So that was his Hebrew name. Now, he lived in a place and he was a Roman citizen, so he had a Greek name, and that was Paul. So he was Saul Paul. Okay? All right, that's just some truth. But I need you to understand that because it would be easy to say this, you know, the name change and all that. That's not part of the story. Though this encounter is amazing. All right, amen. Okay. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. I'm going to read it here. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. He says, as he neared, this is Paul or Saul. Saul, was he was referred to now. Later on, he'll be referred to Paul. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Asked Saul asked. I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Ooh, pretty amazing encounter. Where God now, uh, if we were to read on, when, when, when Saul, Saul, I have a hard time saying that. Anyway, when he encountered God, he was blind for a bit. There's something that's noticeably changed um, physically in him, and um, we see that. Now, I want to read another part of the scripture because I want to see that there. I want us to see that within that encounter was another encounter. Um, if we look at verse nine, or excuse me, verse ten, chapter nine. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. And the Lord called him in a dream or in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. For he is praying. In verse 12, in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Verse 13, I like this one. Lord, Ananias replied, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with the authority from chief priests to arrest all who will call on your name. Now you need to understand that Saul was a persecutor of Christians. He was... He had the special responsibility to stop Christianity. He was, he was the guy, the, the, the heavy, if you will, 
to come in and to stop this nonsense of Christianity. And so this is where he's going from. He's on the road back to to persecute additional Christians to stop, and God stops him. And now Ananias has in his own encounter, and God says, "I need you to go to that guy that's probably has been you know ready to kill people for what you stand for. I need you to go talk to him." Now understand, that takes a little bit of faith, doesn't it? And to understand, this is why he's saying, uh, "Lord." Uh, I heard many reports about this man. Like, I don't want to die today, God. I don't even want to be beat up today. Yeah, it hurts. Ananias is like, I, I, I don't know. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So you can see that the purpose for this encounter was not just for himself, Ananias. The purpose was to, to use his the words of God to help free Saul, to heal him, to bring restoration to his eyes so that he could fulfill his call. Do you see that one encounter begat another encounter? And both encounters, when they were all said and done, were not only for them, but they, they did together, they changed the world. Those encounters. But we'll also notice that there was something that they needed to do. They needed to participate in those things. They need to apply themselves in that way. So there are three things today that we need to do on purpose that I thought very practically we can use. Very practically we can use three things to do on purpose with a divine encounter. Number one is just what Paul did and just what Ananias did was number one to take a step of faith. To take a step of faith. I want to look at another scripture in Acts chapter 20, verse 22. I want us to see this, interesting enough. Verse 22 of of chapter 20. It says, And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. This was Paul talking, or Saul. It says, Now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. He had to exercise faith. He didn't know what the rules were. He didn't know what was going to happen to him. He didn't get the rest of the story. Paul Harvey was not around yet to give the rest of the story. He had to step by faith. See, we can't always see it. We can't always touch it. But we know God's there. And I know humanly we're like, okay... I'm ready to move, God. Tell me what to do. He says, walk by faith and not by sight. No, 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 no. I mean, actually what to do, God. Walk by faith. Listen to my voice. But, um... Ananias, but Lord, he's... I've heard some bad things. 
Paul says, I'm compelled by the Spirit to go, but I'm not knowing what's going to happen to me there. So what I'm saying, what I'm seeing here is that we, even without the understanding, even when we don't see it, what we should do or how we should do it, we need to take the step of faith. How many know that the wind is wind? Okay. Can you see the wind? You can see the results of the wind, but you can't see the wind. Right? I I think this is a, a beautiful picture of what God is the Spirit. Often in Scripture, Spirit or God is all represented as breath or air or wind. Okay? To remind us that the Spirit of God is always moving. Even though we don't see, we can see the result. Does that make sense? So is the wind always blowing in some fashion or form? So could we say then, God is always moving? Even when I don't... I mean, we can see the flags out there and you know those really big winds are... Woo, the wind's present today. But how about that calm? The wind is still present. God is still present. See, the presence of God is like that. It doesn't, we don't have to understand it. I don't know how the wind works. Maybe somebody does, but I certainly don't. But I believe in the wind. That's why I use extra Aquanet. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Because I know it's coming. Do you understand the mindset here? I'm trying to make a joke of something absolutely positively truthful. God is present, ever present, always present, always moving. He's always ready to be encountered, felt, felt, sensed, and known. But we have to, by faith, step out to say, Okay, God, if you say do it, I've got to do it. Period. That's what Ananias did. That's what Paul did. That's what so many others did. And I would dare to say that that's what some of you did today, just coming here today. And God will honor that. Every step of faith, God honors. He shows. He's good that way. Can somebody say he's good? God will probably lead you down unfamiliar paths, by the way. He might, he might help walk you through and we're going to want the details. And he's probably not going to give us details. Now, I want to understand that God doesn't do that because he's just trying to like, I'm the boss and you just listen. Which he is the boss and we should listen. But he doesn't do it for that heart. The purpose behind it is that so we will learn to lean on him. To not do, I mean, I think I'm smart sometimes. And sometimes I think I'm smart where I shouldn't have thought I was smart. And so I learn, you know, stay in your, stay in your lane, Jason, on some things. And, and so what I'm saying is that we want details, but we have to trust, not knowing that what the answer is, but knowing this, that the wind is blowing. 
He promised it. Besides that, the other side of the balance is this, is that God wants us to be willing at times to live by faith, not by facts, not by sight. He might be testing us. He might be testing us. He might be working out us out. Which is not bad, by the way. That's not the wrath of God. We know what the wrath of God does. Testing is not a wrath of God. Testing is something that helps strengthen us, grow us, so that we are stronger, so that when the enemy comes again the next time around, or whatever is going to happen, we're ready for it. So it's a good thing. Right? Like, uh uh-huh. God wants us to walk with him step by step. We need to be comfortable with that. We need to learn to be more comfortable with that. For all of us control freaks, that's really hard. But we have to rest in the truth that God's got it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So some here today might need to take a step of faith, even if it's uncertain. We need to sometimes need to stop waiting for every answer and just say, you are the answer. There are also some that need to just stop. Some, we need to just stop jumping out there and getting ahead and just listen to the Father. Sometimes that takes more faith. Sometimes that exercises more faith to say, we might have a tendency, all right, we're going to attack this thing. We're going to get it, man. We're going to go. And God says, yeah, you are. You know how you're going to do it? Stand still. And rest. Um, um, doesn't feel like that's working. We don't walk by feelings. See, the enemy doesn't care if you're that go getter, going to do everything. He's going to use and, and mess it up and pollute it. If the enemy sees you as one that's going to kind of sit back and shrink back, he's going to use it. The bottom line is that we have to exercise faith, step out in faith just to listen to the Father. Anyone hear us today? Anyone hear me today? I just preached myself big time just then. All right, next point. Before we go to the next point, I need to read Acts chapter 20, verse 23. This is a continuation of... Remember, 22 was now compelled by the Spirit. I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what I will what will happen to me there. Verse 23. I only know that in every city, listen, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Wait, I thought we were pastor here to be encouraged. The second point is this: we need to anticipate. Resistance. 
We need to anticipate resistance. We don't hope for it. We don't pray for it. But we can anticipate it. Why? Because there's an enemy. Because there is our soul. There's so many different places. And Jesus says they'll persecute you like they persecuted me. Sometimes we persecute ourselves because we know ourselves very well. So be ready. The next step, the road to do, we're walking by faith, now expect or anticipate resistance. It's going to happen. It doesn't have to overcome you, but it's going to happen. Does that make sense? Um, could be physically, could be personally, could be mental thoughts. Let's reread 23. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Now another scripture, 1 Thessalonians 2.18. For we wanted you to come, for, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. The enemy's going to try to stop advancement. If we're expecting it, we're ready for it. Sometimes we, some people, not here, but some people, sometimes we interpret resistance as we're going the wrong way. This is happening, this happened. And I want to sit back and say, okay, well, what's going on? Well, you know, I've been doing this for God. I've been doing this. I've been doing this. Oh, makes sense. Good job. Just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's from the enemy. God might have us there for a place, for a time, for a moment to exercise. But God doesn't bring sickness and disease in that way. But we can use what the enemy meant for evil. We can turn for good. We can stand up strong. And so understand that there might be certain kinds of resistances that come. Anticipate that. Be ready for that. Everyone say, I'm ready. ready. Right? That's why we have the armor of God. The fortifier gets ready for battle. So we need to expect it. We need to anticipate it. It's not going to overcome you. It's not going to overdo you. But if we don't expect it, we can be blindsided by it. And we need to be aware of it. Difficult times don't necessarily mean we're out of God's will. Sometimes, sometimes not. Well, how do I know? Walk by faith. Amen? Um, Third point. And this is probably one of the most important and probably one of the most difficult in our culture, in our time. Number three is we can do this on purpose. Focus on eternity. Focus on eternal things. Focus on making eternal choices. We 
can't get all wrapped up in life. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be a downer. But this life wasn't intended to be heaven. So why am I surprised when it's a challenge? <laughs> right? But if we're eternally minded, if we're understanding that there's a bigger, greater picture... Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 and 18, says, Therefore, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and our momentary troubles... Hold on, Paul. That didn't feel light or momentarily, that challenge that I'm dealing with right now. But in the eyes of eternity, when a day is like a thousand years, and all of that, when we see that this life, even in 92 years, is like that compared to eternity but see we get often we get so narrow focused on right here this moment the enemy's like I love that because now I can talk about all the wrong and I can help work on this little tiny piece and the whole pie of eternity is ready to be eaten and they're like I don't have one piece I use this illustration all of the time because it's so important. Miss Betty gave me that illustration. And it's such a good reminder to look outside of the step back and to look eternity. Because when I receive Christ, I got eternity. When I receive Christ, I got the power of God in me. When I receive Christ, no weapon formed against me would prosper. Now I'm thinking this way. And the cool thing is when your mind is this way, when you're saying, God, 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 when the things come at you, they're like, get out of the way. I'm looking at God. Get out of the way. I'm looking at God. But if you're looking at this and this and this, I remember when I was teaching my boys to drive. Please look ahead, ahead. Don't look right here. I'm getting seasick. Because when you look right here, you're driving, you're like, uh, 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 uh. Scripture says, set your eyes on things above. Set your hearts and minds on things above. Think of eternity. God changed my life. Promised me salvation. Says that by his stripes I'm healed. That no weapon formed against me prospered. I'm more than a conqueror. That I've been chosen. I'm a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That God promised this. Yes, I'm facing this. And I'm not saying we deny it. I'm saying that be, even in it, I'm still his child and, his, and he's still my king. And in that idea, we have to do it by faith. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. But it's paid for. It's purposed. It's been given. But we have some things to do. First, we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have to do that. That puts us in the place and the right gets us on the right track. 
Then he empowers us with the Holy Spirit. We say, God, give me the gifts of the Spirit. He powers us. us. Now, now not only are we on the right road, now we're in the speedster. Now we're equipped for the journey. And the journey is eternal, not in the moment. But God takes care of today also. But he does it when we seek first his kingdom in his righteousness. Not seeking this that I need and this that I need, which God knows we need. The scripture says that God knows we need it before we ask him. He's got it figured out. But what he needs from us is to focus. Amen? Not always easy. And this is why we have to renew our mind. This is why we have to walk in it. This is why we need encounters, divine encounters. And and God desires to do that because he knows that we're going to run out of some fuel in humanness. And so that he comes with this power and his might to bring us back up, fill us back up. Divine encounters, we, we need, all of us need to desire that. We need to desire that we would sense and experience the Father that just so beautifully wants us to be experienced in Him. He so desires that. That He sent Jesus for that. Amen? Let's stand our feet. We're going to close here. There's about 14 other things that I could have said but I want us to understand I, I long after this series is over it doesn't mean that oh okay now we're moving to a different series God must not, must not be encountering anymore huh no way no way God's always moving and doing anticipate that truth expect the unexpected let it be the new normal in our hearts and minds. I don't know how God's going to do it, but I know He's going to move. I'm ready. I'm going to walk by faith in this one. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to say, God, you have it. I'm going to not do anything. I, don't, I want to do something, but you said do nothing, so by faith I'm going to do it. Wherever we are, we have to be obedient to that truth. And it's easy to be obedient when we're eternally minded. Amen? An encounter. Back probably three or four years ago, I can't remember because like the last two years it seems like one year or three years, I don't know. But this was several years ago. My beautiful wife had an encounter from God and it changed my life. It was an encounter, a word from the Lord that was given to the church. And it was from that moment on that we saw, begin to see God change in different ways. And he started with me. And this was the word that she, she heard from the Lord. I have called you to be activated and motivated to march forth. Don't be okay with middle of the road mundane. Get up. Grow up. Step up, fight, stand, and roar against the ways of the enemy and his lies. 
Do not let him, the enemy, step in and make strongholds. Break them down. Don't stand for it. Stand against it in the name of Jesus. In your homes, in your families, in relationships, in workplaces, in your town, in your city, in your nation, in your world. That was, I don't know what, do you remember what year that was? That was when we saw shift. And guess what? God's still shifting. He's still moving. Despite what we see, feel, despite what we experienced yesterday, despite what we're going to experience when we walk out here, out of here, the truth is, He goes before us and behind us and beside us and all around us. That's His blessing. That's His favor. That's Him smiling on us to say, I've got it. Amen? Let's pray. Father. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.